about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 326, that's three, it's two, it's six, it's the UNS Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Leib Keane is away, and the boys, oh, they will play. I've gone cap in hand to the management. An incredible result means that we need to get a guest on par. The man in front of me is currently sat on a mound of athletic cash, wads <laughs> of 50s. He's walked through both the East and the West Wing in his London pad to get to his microphone. I've had to book him in between his 9am massage and his 11.30am first cigar of the day. He's the man who coined the word filth. He's the former Express and Star Wolves correspondent, former Wolves correspondent for The Athletic, and currently London-based reporter for The Athletic. Please give a warm welcome to the return of the man, the myth, the legend. It is Mr. Tim Smith. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you again? It took me me 11 minutes to write that. (laughs) That's very good for you. Very good. Thank you very much. How's it going? Uh, All right, mate. All right, mate. Um, Good to have you back. Uh, Kino is currently probably buried in an avalanche somewhere in the in the French Alps. So I thought it was only only right and fitting to get someone in that's going to frustrate him and annoy him. And uh, people <laughs> who are been inundated with responses. We've got over 120 questions. Not only can you listen to this audio podcast, you can also watch myself and Tim on Shots TV and also Freeview Channel 2. Seven six. What's occurring, well, Timothy? What's occurring? It really changed since I left. Yeah, you've got uh, <laughs> we're being filmed. You've got a producer. That's very got a new. Producer. Uh, you got a running order. You actually texted me yesterday with with some kind of like content. I was like, I mean, yeah. it was it was it was a, it was between twelve and fifteen words. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just twelve and fifteen more than when I was last doing it, mate. <laughs> it's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that Hey, mate, look, we've gone up in the world. Um, look, what you've been up to? Look, you know, the fans, that they, they miss you. I think that's fair no, to no, say. No no, they, no, no, they miss you. You were very much loved when you were here. Even when we went over to them lot, you were still loved. Um, them lot? It's not West been... Brom, mate. It's only athletic. <laughs> what are you? Um... But, yeah, but you left me. You left me. And I that, did, that yeah. hurt. That hurt. Yeah, um, best, best decision no... I ever made. No, it was... It was uh... <laughs> No, no, yeah, I, uh, I, I miss you, man. It's, uh, it's, it's, it feels, feels good to be back. Feels very comfortable. What, um, so what have you been doing, like, for people who don't know, or people who have not, you know, yeah. the face of the planet? What, what's Tim Spears up to these days? What's his, what's his daily routine? You know, you wake up. What do you do first? Or no, but you know, what, what, job wise, what are you up to these days? Because people are a little bit confused. Are you Spurs? Are you London based? You still got a bit of Wolves? You were at West Brom last week. What's going on? So, uh, what am I doing? So, yeah, I left you in 2019. Jilted. Five years, man. Can you believe it? That's insane. Is that five years ago? Well, later this year it will be, yeah. It's 2019 and I left. Um, mental. I can remember so, yeah. the day you told me you were leaving. You, you, you I remember took me that into day. The, 
you took me into the archives at the old Express and Star that, again, is no more now. Yeah. We've moved out of the Queen Street office. Yeah, that's very sad. Yeah, it's, it's a very dark room where you, you, noises can't escape. I thought, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in a bit of trouble here. How am I going to break the news to him? And uh, it's very, it's a very emotional moment. Do you remember? I was I was stunned. I mean, a dark room that that noises can't escape. I'm sure it's been used for many many of other things for throughout the years. But but yes, that was a it was it was it was totes emotion as the as the cool kids say um, when you did tell me crestfallen but also happy. Well, well, yeah, you you were one of the few people that actually knew what the athletic was, if you remember, Very um, true. because you'd already sort of followed it from its um, uh, my subscription. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah. What, uh, well, you know, subscription web websites, mate. They're, they're all the they're all the rays these days. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Not taking him long. Um, what am I up to? So yeah, I moved. Out, I moved, uh, worked for the Athletic, uh, covering Wolves still for like another three years after I left Express and Star, mm. and then about eighteen months ago, uh, was offered the chance to move down to London by the Athletic. Um, there are two Spurs reporters at the Athletic. They both managed to impregnate their partners within quick wow. succession, and they both had sort of like six month paternity leaves, um, but consecutive six month paternity. It's not a bad gig, is it? It's all right, isn't it? I'm I'm trying I'm trying to sort sort some out myself somehow. <laughs> the rest um, of London, <laughs> women beware, crikey. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, I did sort of six months in Conte's last season, and then uh, six months at the start of this season covering Spurs. Also did England for a few months. Mm. Uh, what am I doing now? I'm doing so uh, basically. I'm now working on like Euros content, building up to the summer, so that people won't see for quite a few months, to be honest. But um, obviously, tournaments are sort of massive for us. Um, I'm doing a lot of podcasts, mate. Um, yeah. Guesting on a few, hosting a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, do a thing called the the Football Gods podcast, which sort of Wolves are involved in. Uh, we had Connor Cody on last week. That was great. Uh, yeah. Um, We've had your mate, your mate Bully. Oh, um, there he is. We had Sean Derry, who's very good, and then other people, other non wolves people like sort of David Seaman, Nader Manua. Mm. And you basically you you become a football guard, uh, and you and you, <laughs> you, uh, you uh, hey, Bully Rex, do you know what? Never mind. Just just people can, people can just look it up. Christ. Um, uh, but yeah, I've got to say, you, you've made hosting podcasts look very difficult for quite a few years now. But it's not that hard, to be honest. <laughs> I just keep on going till till they put me out of my misery, mate. Do you know what I mean? So it's all good. No, do, do you know what? I'm g- I'm going to be nice now. Like since oh. since I left since I left you, you know, uh, worked with some like incredible broadcasters. Obviously, uh, Jackie Oatley, who people will know. Mm. Um, I worked with Kate Mason now on the Football God podcast. She's absolutely fantastic. Worked with people like Mark Chapman, James Richardson. But I, t- I tell you what, like in terms, oh. you know, something's coming, but it's not. It's not coming. Like in terms of natural presenting ability, you you are as good as all of them. Like you make. Oh, it look, look at honestly, this guy! No, you look make at it. This look, guy. You make it look. Like, having now tried to do it myself, like you make it look so easy. It's it's a really difficult thing to do. That I hope I hope the peeps, as you incessantly call them, uh, appreciate how how good you are. Because uh, yeah, well, top I drama. appreciate I appreciate you, and also. Uh, and just text Kino to say you're never coming back on this podcast again. <laughs> uh, so, and he doesn't listen anyway, so it's all good. Um, so, what's Tim, Mr. Tim Spears? What gives you more pride? Is it becoming the go-to journalist for the club that you've loved and supported all your life, or being remembered mainly for unsuccessfully urinating in your own car? I mean, I'll die out on that story. Um, it's an it's an incredible for anyone who hasn't listened to it. 
for, I mean, I'll get it up on a link at some point. Um, and this is for our kind of old school retro peeps. Um, probably about 150 episodes ago. Now I think it's about episode 150. What are we on now? Three, two, six. It is yeah. worth listening to because it was one of those moments that were just completely impromptu. I think we just got smashed by City, Man City 3-0 or mm. something like that. And it was right. one of those moments that I was asking random questions, as we still do at this this podcast, where we talk rubbish for the first 10 minutes. And uh, the story was just hysterical. Hysterical. Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt to repeat it. No, it no, very, no, 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 it, it no, was no. Very, it was very impromptu, and that was what made it sort of so funny, really. But um, uh, yeah, we, we did like a Greatest Hits episode once, so it was pulled upon that. Uh, greatest, so. greatest hits. Honestly, how do people listen to this stuff? Um, also, are we doing two hours today? Like, that's your usual. Honestly, no. like, I try and listen to your podcast, but I've, I've got a busy London lifestyle down here, mate. It's, it's two hours out your day. It's far too long. I just listen to it on the tube, mate. Get the AirPods on or whatever. It's only one a week, <laughs> lad. I mean, Christ, there's some of the, some of, some of the rot that comes on a, a daily podcast these days. <laughs> uh, so um, before we get on to uh, some, some Wolverhampton Wanderers chat, well, this is Wolverhampton Wanderers chat, I guess. For your your time covering Wolverhampton Wanderers, I've asked you to yeah. compile your three best moments while you were Wolves correspondent. Have you had a thought of what they may be? It could, it could yeah, be a game, um, it could be a moment, it could be a you know um, a day, whatever. The floor is yours. I was going to ask you that if you meant sort of matches or moments or whatever. Whatever, whatever, uh, whatever. Okay, yeah, I have, I have had. Yeah, there's some there's some nice memories coming up here. You, you're going to enjoy this section. Um, the so um, match wise. I might shock mm. you here, but mm. it's probably uh, Liverpool away in the FA Cup. Oh. It was one of my real favourite moments. Because that was like before Nuno, before, yeah. before... We never sort of got used, to, got used to it or took it for granted. But this was like the first big win that I think either of us had sort of covered. Um, Under Kenny Jacket, was it um, Vyman, you, Vyman you, second, was you it? Obviously, you obviously remember it well. It was Paul Lambert. Okay, uh, in charge, Lambert, yeah. uh, no, it, yeah, it, it was Vyman and uh, Helder Costa, who was like in the form of his life around that time, basically carrying the team. Klopp had, Klopp had taken over like uh, a year or two earlier, maybe. Mm. Um, and was it was it a big Steers deal. Like, first, was it Steers with the first? Was it Steerman, Steerman within like a minute or two, like yeah. very early, and then yeah, Costa set up Vyman for the second, mm. like some crazy run, and yeah, Lambert was in charge. And you know, Liverpool hadn't done much at that time under Klopp, so it was although he selected a weekend team, it was a big deal. My first trip to Anfield as a reporter, oh, um, it was, but it was massive. But do you remember there were like uh, what, like eight, because it's a cup game, there's like eight thousand Wolves fans massive. behind that goal in like the Anfield yeah. Road end, and then uh, the bod, the bod clap was quite big at the time. Uh, bod Varson, and I, I've still got the video on my phone. In fact, I looked, I looked at it the other week actually for some reason. And yeah, 8,000 people doing the bod clap. Oh, like great day, yeah. mate! Great day. And I think, I think if, if memory serves me correct, and I might be completely wrong, we had to stop in a lay by on the way back because Costa signed a new deal then, or they signed Costa. God, on that that same is, night? Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. So that was again, so from a journalistic point of view, that was a great day because it was. I managed to break the exclusive that they were signing him permanently, and yeah, it was it was that night. And I remember we pulled up in a lay by, and we were we were predicting how many likes and retweets it was going to get within like a minute or something of me putting the tweet out. Um, yeah, good uh, good days, my friend. We have we have had we have had uh, a few of those, haven't we? I can remember like on deadline day uh, back in when we were back in the offices, and it, it was crazy. Um, you went out for a um, little bit of a break outside down a little passageway, and the police come and stop by and we both think what have we done here 
and it's basically a copper basically saying, Spears, what's going on? Any chance of signing someone? <laughs> Got back yeah. into his car. Um, you tweeted, we, we have a bit of a laugh and a joke. Where I think you tweet like a full stop to see how many how many likes and retweets yeah, it would get. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, just, yeah. it's just great. I mean, the fun, fun times and probably very trivial to the people listening to this, but at the time, great, great band. So, so that's what number fun. one. Number one, Liverpool away. Number two? Um, uh, probably, do you know, like the um, the first live podcast that we did was, I don't, know, I don't know how many people listening will know or remember it or have been there maybe, but it was like mm. 2019, I think. Yeah, 2019, yeah. At Molyneux. At Molyneux. Episode 100. We were very nervous in terms of uh, would tickets get sold? Would people turn up? Would people like it? How would the show go? Because, you know, you go from just turning up and chatting for an hour Mm -hmm. in front of a microphone to doing like a full-on show for like two, three hours. I mean, mean, you've done it before, being on Nickelodeon and and being a... (laughs) A famous children's TV presenter and stuff like that, <laughs> working for what was it, Bora Bora World, Bora Live. Oh um, no, stop it, stop it! <laughs> but little on oh, me here, I've ne- ne- never done anything like that before. So like, and you know how nervous I was. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not generally a nervous character, but when it when it comes to big stuff, I get really nervous. Like, I sort of get the shakes a little bit. So, so to to balance that out. Um, I decided. Oh, wow. I decided, and you didn't stop me. But no. No one, but you, I decided what the best idea would be would be to drink a whole bottle of wine before the show started. Literally um, a whole bottle. Yeah, a whole bottle. Because I was like, because um, we had handheld microphones on the night, mm. and I was like, I can't be shaken. It's going to look really silly. So um, uh, yeah, a whole bottle of wine. Then somebody got the Jaeger bombs out before we started. That we sort of did a bit of a cheers and the Jaegers. Yeah. Yeah. So I was quite steaming, to be honest, by the time the show uh, started. But obviously, Second half. So the nerves kind of balanced it out a little bit and, you know, sort of um, adrenaline and focused and whatever. And the show went really well, to be fair. Mm. But we were also drinking on stage. We I don't were. Know why, because that was sort of our thing. We were like, yeah. That was the like thing, that. yeah. We'll I mean, look that. at the the, mon- the video montage that I put together yesterday. Um, I didn't realise until I watched it back. Pretty much 15 out of the 16 pictures used were, were us with, with an alcoholic drink. In a different, <laughs> different place in the world. Yeah. So basically, um, by the end of the show, I'd had now had two bottles of wine, a few Jaegers, not much food, and um, I was slurring my words by the end of it. I got, I'm, I'm not proud. I sort of am, but I'm not proud. <laughs> and I remember you you were saying stuff that I was just repeating two minutes later because I wasn't. You even, were. I even, wasn't really listening. It was literally people, Simon says. People laughed in the audience. I think that was sort of part of the sh- shtick of the podcast. Um, but it's a good story. I, t- I tell it on all the unsuc- unsuccessful dates that I go on. Um, so yeah, but that no, but that was that was a huge achievement, I think, for me and you to take to take the podcast live. And obviously, you've done a few more since now. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing, um, very special. And like I say, yeah, we're still we're still going with that, hoping to do one potentially uh, in the next few months. Would be would be great. Um, what have we got? Do you want one more? Do you want one more moment, or do you want uh, one one great night out before we get into some nitty gritty Wolverhampton Wanderers stuff? Um, a night out. I did write a few of these down. There were quite a few. Um, uh, yeah, you want to get on with it, right? Um, so uh, there was one in Shanghai, which is great. Oh, uh, like London, L- London on acid, basically that place. Yeah. Um, obviously, all the tours we did pre-season. Um, did we do Chiri- three? We went Shanghai, we did Switzerland, we did Austria, and we'd obviously do Euro trips. 
I did. Uh, I did. My first one was France, but you didn't turn up because Wolves weren't really on your radar at that point because they weren't doing very well. And then, uh, and then I we did went Ireland. to did then Ireland. We went to Ireland. Yeah, you did a few days in Ireland before you left, and then yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just before they got taken over. That's it. Yeah, the day that the day that Foson <laughs> bought, bought the club. Uh, yeah, I was I was still in Cork and you on holiday, I think. Better Mad. to be in Cork. <laughs> yeah, mad times. And then yeah, we did Austria, Switzerland, and Shanghai. Um, but no, uh, uh, there were two nights out. I'll run through them very quickly. Mm. One would be mature in. There's a, there's a video of you which I still have not released, and I still oh, hold it to this no, day for no, good no, reason. No, no. In case in case I need it as some kind of leverage. Um, but <laughs> and it's not, oh, it's not it's not as bad as people think. Like I, I no. could easily show, I could easily show it to Alana. Like no problems. It's, it's not it's not on that. Front. I know you've got reputation, but there's nothing mm. on that front. Mm. Is 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 it's clean cut? It's just embarrassing for you. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that was a great night in Turin after an amazing win. Mm. But the, the the one would be uh, the promotion party when um, we ended up somehow ended up in the same bar as the players. Oh yes, and, well, was um, it Arcadia? Wasn't it Arcadia? The Arcadian area of of Birmingham. I can't remember what the name of the bar was, and all the, almost all the players were in there. Sort of, I remember Danny Bart, Courtney Hawes being sort of very mm. prominent, Benny Kofobi, Ryan Bennett, who came over to me to have a pop at me about my player ratings. And uh, uh, and and the one who was enjoying himself most of all, if you remember, was Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish was there, yeah. yeah. I remember, he was yeah. Still, still at Villa at the time and sort of uh, crashed the party, as it were. Mm. And uh, and then, of course, at five in the morning or whatever it was, you made us do a bloody video, which you tweeted. Oh, yeah, hammered. It. It's not great for me, that. No, I think, I think we deleted, deleted it after a while. But, um, but yeah, that was a great night. I think we let one of the Wolves media lot see it and they were like, uh, no, you, you need to delete that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's probably best we delete that. So I don't delete yeah. many much stuff, but I think that was probably a good idea. Yeah, I can remember that. Yeah, well, I think we were downstairs having a couple of Jaegers and Danny Danny Barr got us back into the players area. And we it was it was a very nice reception that mixed to a couple of other people. I think Morgan Gibbs-White was staring me down um, a little bit saying, what are these two douchebags doing up here? There was um, definitely a bit of that, yeah. But it wasn't. Like you a... don't want to see two journalists, but most people, most people were great. It was almost like I'd taken Britney out for a day. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about you know anyway. But it's all. But it cool. wasn't like a big. It, it was just a, a rope that that yeah. someone un- unclipped to let us in. And... It wasn't like an amazing VIP sort of area, yeah. you know. But it was good. It was good. It's no little mix, but it's, it was it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, right. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Um, First of all, last time I saw you actually a Wolverhampton Wanderers game. Very, quickly. I know it's a couple of weeks ago, yeah, but we we, we can talk about it. Um, Black Country Derby. I know you were very nervous, v nervous going into the game, um, and I guess it's a bit different from you now. Obviously, covering them and supporting them is maybe yeah. a little bit different now to to being separate, and you can maybe become more a little bit more of that fan. You get are you starting to get that that fan spirit back because it's not the job anymore, and I guess you couldn't really enjoy it until. Um, they won the game, and even then, after the second half, was a little bit cray cray. Yeah, the fandom thing's quite weird, really, because I was I was a proper diehard, like pre pre work, pre two thousand home away everything a lot. Season ticket for like twenty years, and like between like five and ten away games a year. But it it mm. was everything to me. Like all my spare time would be like you know looking stuff up on Twitter or the internet, or like watching old videos or whatever. I was a proper like Wolves obsessive. So the other side of those sort of seven years. It's very different now, like, and I, th- I think you know you probably have the same. Like, once you've worked either for a club or reported on a club, like I'm sure you, you Bora pre and post working for them, 
you know, mm. you, you're not as giddy a fan as you were 100%. Because, because you've seen all the bad stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you've you've met a few like, do we swear on this or not? Yeah, you can swear on it. It's fine. Mark, we've not... got a producer now. Mark, um, it's gonna be... Mark, Mark's, Mark's got a busy day ahead, but it's fine. I'll just say idiots then. Mark's got a busy day. We, 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 yeah. You, you've met a few, met a few idiots. You, 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 know, you know where the bodies are buried. You mm. know the bad stuff. Um, and you know, you know, like all the abuse I used to get from fans, like yeah. so, like that sort of takes the shine off being a fan a little bit. But obviously, I'm still a massive fan. However, my hatred of West Brom is like not dimmed in the slightest. Um, <laughs> it's quite irrational, really. And I think because we haven't played them in so long, um, yeah, I was nervous. I didn't enjoy it at all. I remember within 20 seconds they went on the attack and. Uh, the whole crowd were up for it, and it looked like it was going to be one of those days. And I just sank back, sank back into my chair. I was like, "Here we go yeah. again." Yeah. Never since, never since we went at the Hawthorns. Like, yeah, that first uh, half an hour was pretty brutal. It was, yeah, it was a horrible game to watch, especially from the press box because you couldn't sort of let out any of that nervous energy by singing mm. or jumping up and down or whatever. So I was just sat next to you, unfortunately, and um, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't didn't enjoy it. Didn't enjoy it. Wolves gradually controlled the game. It was just a horrible game. Just get out and win it. And then all the trouble that happened as well. It was just like, yeah. Yeah. Um, not mental, really, the, the trouble. Because obviously very distressing and very upsetting and very serious going on. And, you know, West Brom have released a statement since. And there's been arrests that have been made. And season tickets have been taken off fans, etc. But overall, I thought our fans were awesome. Um, in the in the correct end, I thought they were superb. It was amazing. You took a great picture with the flares going off and proper kind of like derby atmosphere. Um, but bizarre contrast in this when this microcosm of, of of everything kicking off, you also had and very serious and very worrying and riot police etc. These two comedy moments on the pitch of this Wurzel Gummidge type character having a chat with Gary O'Neill. Wandering around, going to what just just let onto the pitch, just walks slowly onto the pitch and goes towards the Wolves fans. It's like just the comedic moment. They're like from nowhere. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Then you have this Karen coming on the pitch trying to play football <laughs> and getting getting you know absolutely hammered. Look like she'd been on it since six a.m. Just a bizarre situation that was going on. It was bizarre. There were another couple after that, and then there was the guy whose sort of head was covered in blood. It was very surreal. And I remember turning to you at that point and saying, "Look, this is out of control here because they mm. can't even they can't even stop pitch invaders." Um, because obviously I mean, you, you thought definitely there was a good chance that game could have got called off. At one I thought, point. There, well, it didn't it didn't really come across on the TV. I don't think because they sort of cut away from the images. But the the opposite corner to where the trouble was, there were there were other fans trying to get mm. on the pitch on mass. So there were there were police stopping fans at one corner and another corner. So I was like, in terms of resources, this is this is a massive problem. They can't guarantee the safety of the players here. Um, but I think obviously after sort of twenty minutes, half an hour, the mood had died down. Um, what's not what's not really been said, which I think is worth saying, is that I thought the police did an incredible job that day, in yeah. terms in terms of stopping the trouble, um, stopping people getting on the pitch, and also afterwards because mm. I was dispatched uh, to go out and find trouble, not cause find trouble after the game just to yeah. see you know our fans getting out safely mm-hmm. and I went I went down to the train to the to the train station and the metro station where all the fans were going to converge as they get yeah. home and the yeah. police did an amazing job of keeping everybody completely separate as far as I know there was not a single bit of trouble before or after the game so the the only the only trouble that was caused was sort of unavoidable really because it was where the fans were actually meeting because Wolves mm. fans got tickets in in the home end which the police obviously can't really do anything about so I thought they did a great job it, it 
that despite it being 11:45 a.m. kickoff um you could feel it in the air yeah uh, i don't know i don't know what they'll do next time you know if albion come up for next mm. season um cuz you can't 7 go a.m. kickoff <laughs> yeah but what what they did i don't know if, I, I can't remember i can't remember who was t- who was telling this one of the fans like some of the pubs in Wolverhampton just sort of opened at 5 a.m. You know, probably yeah, probably super not, early, absolutely. Probably not very legally. So I, d- I don't know what you do really. Um, they already cancelled all annual leave for all the police, so they had as many police there as they could. Did wow. they get the get the Met in? Get great. Imagine the police get the FBI in. Like you know, <laughs> it, 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 no, not seriously. It is it is concerning how much it kicked off, and the, the yeah. derby's just become a bit unnecessarily nasty, really. So yeah, yeah, it's um, but look, I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, and some people will say, "No, I don't care. I don't want to see them ever again." But Black Country Derby—I'd rather have a Black Country Derby twice a season than, than not. I mean, you know, it's special, special atmosphere, and it's not—you know—you yeah. you play below whatever, but it's not the same, is it? No, it is. It is the game for sure. But yeah, it's—it's just—it's gone a bit too far now. Liquidator and all the trouble. But I think that was there's so much pent up. I mean, look, first first game, first league game, with fans over there, yeah. first first game over there with fans for such a long time. So I think maybe that might be a little. They've got that out of the system now that maybe it might be a little bit easier come come the next meeting. Um, right. Okay. Very quickly, I know we need to move on because I, I'm conscious of the fact that this is going to run on. So um, first of all, FA Cup. They got a chance this year. Brian at home. Yeah. It's not a bad not a bad shout. There's quite a few championship sides that are going to be in the uh, in the quarterfinals, and all of a sudden you're one game away from Wembley. And you know, I don't want to talk about the last FA Cup semi-final, uh, Tim, but you know, potentially a chance to banish some ghosts. Brighton in the Euro in the Euro still, so there's still chances there. They've got to come up here. They had played a bit of a week inside against Sheffield United. I mean, there's 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 chances the way that this team are playing, isn't there? Yeah, it's not the best draw. It's not the worst draw. I mean, you look how much they struggled to get past Brentford. Mm-hmm. At home, which you would have said was a, was a better draw than Brighton at home, so there's definitely a, a, an air of caution there. But I think the the positive thing for Wolves is uh, Brighton still got a lot of injury worries, and also as you mentioned, you know this is their third priority because yeah. uh, Europa League coming back up fairly soon, and the FA Cup, as you again as you say, they they've made a lot of changes away at Sheffield United, so you'd imagine they'd do the same again, and I hope and expect that Gary O'Neill will go as strong as possible. And yeah, of course, mate, they've got a good chance. You know, these guys have beat Man City this season, so they can beat anyone in the country. Um, and they do have a bit of a cup team cup team feel about them, sort of like Nuno's, Nuno's side did, because they're so explosive. Good point. Uh, because, they can, because they can hit any team on the counter and they can score against anyone. That on their day, they can beat anyone. So yeah, mm-hmm. as long as they get a couple of good, good draws, uh, who knows, mate? Might see it at Wembley for the semis, right? Um, would it would it be um, T Spears and N Judah in Shea Judah little apartment, couple of little, little night out, couple of a uh, couple of beverages on the evening? Yeah, or or Shea Spears, you know, we both both live in London now, mate. It's, it's uh, true. If if you can lower yourself to a terraced uh, terraced house, no, you can't. No, I can see the look on your face. I, I struggle. Mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll come to yours. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so that was great. And then we get to to Sunday, 2 p.m. kickoff, Chelsea against Wolverhampton Wanderers after the disappointment of Thursday night. And, you know, I, I think that everybody thought that if they got a 3-3, it would have been a bit of a robbery. However, they got there in the injury time and then to lose it like that, devastating. To to pick themselves up and then go 1-0 down at Stamford Bridge and to score four unanswered goals was quite staggering. I know you went at the game, Tim, but obviously you will have seen the highlights. Is that as good a on-the-road performance in the league, as we've seen from Wolves in the last decade? Crikey. Um, 
difficult for me I mean, to judge. There, isn't it? it's up there. It's di- yeah, difficult for me to judge having not been there. And you've got to say Chelsea are extremely fallible. Um, I don't know. You put me on the spot there. I, Man City away when they beat Guardiola's lot. After Besiktas. After Besiktas. Those four days were astonishing. But yeah, mm. Christ, in terms of... Yeah, it's, it's right up there, mate, for sure. I felt like... Um, it was 11 individuals versus a team. Mm-hmm. You know, Moises Caicedo being the epitome of that when he plays this brilliant pass amazing uh, pass. for the opening goal and then two minutes later it gets done. Yep. Some sums him up, some Chelsea And up, got hauled off. And got hauled off. And Wolves just with their with their commitment as a team, they're pressing, the way they defend, the way they counterattack, their movement, it's all as a team. You know, even when they haven't got the ball, you can see that they're thinking how we're going to score from this position. They're much more attack-minded than any Wolves team I've seen, probably since sort of Nuno in the Premier League, I think. Um, sorry, Nuno in the Championship, because uh, it's the same system now as 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 Nuno, but there's so much more freedom in attack. You know, when you see where Eight Nori pops up to score that second goal, you know, you would never have got Johnny doing that, for example, sort of back in the day. So no. I, know, I know it's easy to compare the two because it's the same formation, but it's very different tactically and certainly in the freedom in, in attack and the goal scoring form is remarkable mate I mean in their last six they've scored 16 no team in the Premier League has scored more than that wow. in their last six and only Man City have registered more points I think Wolves are, are sort of third in the in the table uh, or and that's without the top scoring Huang who's, who's on the way back from the, the Asian Cup that's it so others others have stepped up obviously uh, Cunha being the most obvious one um, if you look at him and Neto and Huang in terms of their improvements from last season, it's remarkable, really, in terms of goals and assists. Um, so, yeah, the whole team are flying. They, they're great to watch. They're quite fun. Um, and yeah, the num- uh Yes, very young. And the, the number of goals they've, they've scored in the past week alone, you know, uh, three against United, four against Chelsea, two against West Brom. They're excited to watch. And I'm excited to see, you know, where they go next. Well, look, they've gone to the top half of the table for the first time this season. 32 points, which pr- probably is going to be safe anyway. Um, you know, maybe even yeah, one more yeah, win, but yeah. it's going to be obviously not an issue there now. But you look at the table and you think, OK, they're four points away from seventh West Ham, which is going to be a Europa Conference spot, probably. I don't think eighth goes down to the European places. You might correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, West Ham, Brighton, Newcastle ahead of them. Man United, but you know, I think Man United will probably finish in the top six. So, you know, you've got one of Newcastle, Brighton, West Ham. Newcastle are in and out, aren't they, form-wise? You know, they're just drawn with Luton 4-4. They can go to Villa and win, but then they can have a shocker of result. Brighton, as we've said, still in still in Europe. West Ham still in Europe as well, that Thursday, Sunday. Chelsea, of course, should come good at some point. But at the same time, we keep on saying that. And they're struggling. Obviously, they've leapfrogged over Chelsea. I mean, if you'd said to anyone, especially Gary O'Neill or Foston at the start of the season, well, we'll sort of finish comfortably mid-table, they would have, Matt Hobbs, they'd have bitten your hand off. But now they're there, 32 points, obviously safe now, and probably enough for them to to stay up as it's, if they've lost every single game between now and the end mm. of the season. But yeah. the three teams ahead of them, you're looking at that Europa Conference spot, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's seventh. I don't think it goes down to eighth, um, depending on different situations. But West Ham, Brighton, Newcastle are the three teams. Man United, I think, are going to finish in the top six, you know, by hook or by crook. Chelsea just below them, who, you know, we keep on saying are going to come good, and they don't. But Newcastle drawing with Luton at home, and then you'll go to Villa and win, but then they're losing games as well. Brighton and mm-hmm. West Ham still in Europe. Could they do the impossible with the pressure off them 
at this moment in time where you're seeing the best of the Mateus Cunha, Pedro Neto, and at least have a sweat going into the final few games this season for a European spot? Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. I think if you look at the teams above them, you mentioned United. Yeah, I watched them the other day. They, they, they were pretty convincing against West Ham. Obviously, they beat Wolves the other day as well. Yeah. Um, they haven't got Europe, which I think is a, I think I think it's going to be an important thing in the second half of the season. But the, for the teams that aren't in it, so you look at West Ham and Brighton, it's going to be a distraction. Newcastle, Newcastle's injury issues are just incessant. You know, they got uh, Harvey Barnes back the other day, and then they lost Isaac and Gordon. Um, and their their defense is just a shambles this season. Mm. The thing with Wolves is, I mean, they don't. They they, they tend to either win or lose. Um, they've got the ability to score a lot of goals, and they seem to have a lot of confidence at the moment and I think they can go on a bit of a run to be honest and you're sort of looking at 7th, 8th as a realistic finishing position um, which yeah it's, it's sort of I, I certainly wouldn't have said that in, in sort of September, October let alone the start of the season. I mean if you remember after what was it, Luton in the league and Ipswich in the Carabao Cup and I was sort of um, hopping on a few podcasts to listen to at, the, at that time and checking what the vibe was on Twitter, and it was pretty anti Gary O'Neill. Pretty toxic. Pretty toxic, and he had this sort of PE teacher moniker and all and all that went with it. And then you know a win over Man City and an appearance on Monday Night Football, and just mm. changed everyone's perceptions. Really, um, I do, I do think, I do think that if they were to lose a couple, those those or sort of two, three in a row, those things would come back. I'd be interested to see how much patience that is for him because he hasn't got the career that Lopetegui and, and sort of Nuno had. Um, but I think he's done an incredible job. Um, the move to the back five has been really smart and he's made them difficult and horrible to play against with lots for the opposition to be worried about, you know, with Cunha and Neto, Samedo and Aitnori. There's so much pace there. I think there's quality lacking in certain areas, which is why they'll come up short some weeks. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they might lose this weekend. Of course. But, but equally, they can beat anyone. And his greatest achievement is making Wolves a goal-scoring team without a striker. You know, they scored 31 last season. They're already on 37 mm. with 15 games to go. Amazing. And um, as I mentioned earlier, Cunha and Neto's numbers through the roof. They've ditched two strikers this January and still scoring more goals than ever. <laughs> Remarkable, really. Um, there are definitely issues for me sort of long-term in terms of finances and ambition and, and, and where they're going. But the job that he's doing right now it's 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 you almost slightly worry that he's gonna if he's gonna do such a good job and have a good run in the cup and get them into sort of seventh in Europe, people will be looking at him because young English managers that are successful are extremely rare. Um, so they'll they'll need to make sure he's pretty solid with what the with what the plan is and what the ambitions are with this club sort of going forward long term because he's carving out a serious reputation for himself right now. I agree with that. At the, at the same time. You know, Wolves and, and Ferguson were under a lot of pressure to get it right, get this appointment right, and Matt Hobbs as well. They were under a lot of pressure. And Matt Hobbs led this, and fair play, has got a lot of credit. But Wolves needed Gary O'Neill. But let's 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 be straight. Gary O'Neill needed Wolves as well. And I think yeah, he's very 100%. appreciative of, of getting this, mm. this chance. I mean, he's gone from a Bournemouth side who, you know, up there with the manager of the season to keep them up, and then and then sacked from absolutely nowhere. But working with, let's be honest, inferior individuals overall, apart from maybe Dominic Solanke, but from a squad point of view, you, you're inheriting uh, a team. Yes, they've got issues, but with a lot of world-class talent in there. And they've allowed him to to progress and to blossom as a manager and showcase what he can do. And he should get credit. But at the same time, 
you know, I think he's very thankful to Wolves for doing that. Now, of course, that, you know, football's a fickle industry and you get a, you know, your head turns and, you know, you get a Graham Potter situation where Chelsea come in, it's hard to, it's hard to turn it down. But at the same time, I think that there is a realisation from Gary O'Neill that he wants to be involved in this in the long term. He want, and Look, he hasn't really had a window yet. He hasn't mm-hmm. had a window to buy his players at all. He knew what he was getting into at the start of the summer. He knew, a bit frustrated, that they didn't get one in January. But at the same time, he's grateful of the opportunity. And in the next summer and winter window, you might see Gary O'Neill get the plays in he wants. And all of a sudden, it's a completely different ball game. I don't think you get that at a club if you're going to go, let's say, in inverted commas, above Wolves to, to the next level. You're getting dictated. And I think he quite likes to work with Matt Hobbs, Jeff Shee, the training ground and almost have um, a bit more of a of a British-UK feel than maybe they have done in the past. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And he will be very grateful. I mean, what was he? He was on the beach, wasn't he, when, when he got the call yeah. uh, for an interview, you know, not expecting a job. To get one as, with a club the size of Wolves would have been beyond his wildest dreams, I think, you know, to go from Bournemouth, sacked at Bournemouth, to Wolves um, was a huge thing for him. And he's delivered, you know, and and then some. I guess my point is that the, the better he does, you know what it's like with English managers who, who are successful are so rare. Mm. Um, and, you know, Potter and Howe are the only two of the last couple yeah. of years. And they're, they're, only, they're sort of the only ones that have been mentioned for the England job recently, which kind of, which kind of just shows you, you know, if, if Gary Neal were to, were to do something incredible and, and win an FA Cup this season, or even just guide, guide him off to seventh, then, yeah, as, as much as, and I don't think, I'm not saying this would happen this summer, but you know what I mean. Everybody will no, be will, clubs will be looking at him. Bigger clubs will be looking at him, and rightly so. Really, obviously, that's that comes with success. Um, and the summer's huge now because, like you say, this isn't his squad, and there will be players that leave this summer for financial reasons or wanting to further their own personal ambitions. Um, so, how do him and Matt Hobbs spend that money, and how much money do they have to spend? And are Wolves a proper club now? You know, this is this is the thing that fascinates me most of all, having covered a team um, or a club with George Mendes sort of loosely at the helm mm. in terms of recruitment and in terms of managerial appointments for so many years. You know, it looks like they've sort of taken the Mendes uh, armbands off now. Um, obviously, with someone like Gary Neal and, and also with Matt Hobbs, you know, in such senior positions, it certainly looks that way. And the recruitment suggests that that's the case as well, really. And Mendes, I'm sure, is still involved in, in some capacity for advisory reasons or maybe to help out with certain players or whatever. But it seems like in the whole, the the power has shifted now. And that's fascinating because Wolves haven't been a proper club, a normal mm. proper club for a long time. So does that help or hinder them? I think it helps them in some regards. It hinders them in terms of... Um, Attracting players to the club that 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 Mendes will be able to bring in, you know, people like Neves and Jota and Jimenez, who would never have signed for Wolves normally. Mendes was able to do that. He was also able to get decent fees for players when he was moving them on. You know, part of the, the Mendes network, as it were. If that's gone, then um, it's a huge challenge for Hobbs and his team and for Gary O'Neill to progress and evolve this club in the summer. But uh, you know. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing or a good thing. It's just very interesting and um, a huge challenge ahead for sure. Yeah, exciting challenge though. And uh, yeah, like definitely. I say, we're, we're, we're all thoroughly enjoying it. And speaking to the fans, I don't think anyone, fans are very much um, quite fickle in uh, their opinion, but the, the, a lot of people have just said, 
I'll hold my hands up, I got it wrong. Mm. You know, to, to actually say that, whether it's on camera or audio or, or chatting to them there, social media, not many fans do that, do they? They say they're wrong at times. You know, if they've made a comment or whatever, then they'll just bury it under. But there, a lot of people go out the woodwork saying, look, I am a convert, I am a complete... And that's that's rare in itself. So, yeah, fair play, doing a great job. Um, I know you listen yeah. to the podcast uh, weekly and religiously, Tim, like you just said earlier on, and you listen to the full one hour and 20 minutes um, since you've left. Um, so... I had a little bit of a bet or a statement at the start of the season, um, which we changed slightly, saying that um, if Wolves did get into European football, then I would host a barbecue for the Wolves Potty listeners, uh, which are up to about 12 to 13,000 now, which is is lovely. Um, Obviously, it'd be ticketed events. Um, And also, I did include with that last week, uh, if Wolves won the FA Cup, I would also host said barbecue. The most important thing is, and people want to know, and out of the 103 questions that have come in for you, 88 yeah. of them are this. Would you attend said barbecue? Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't had a provisional invite yet. Um, well, no, we haven't got there yet. But if uh, if I, yeah, what's the, have you set a date? I haven't set a date, uh, but it would be something um, that would be very much slap bang in the middle of summer holidays so not a lot of people could make it. Bit like when we owed, when we owed that cost of coffee in the uh, for the fantasy Premier League, and we made it um, probably in mid midweek uh, at about ten a.m. Cost to Wolverhampton. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's still about thirty people who turned up, and yeah. thankfully we got it covered that day. But uh, I was quite worried when we finished about 150th and 200th in that league. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, look, it'll be it'll be an, it'll be it'll be a great day, and maybe slightly a slightly tipsy day for some of us. I'll be there. Uh, for okay. sure, can you can you can you get a car for me to to bring me up? Uh... <laughs> Blacked out windows. Can you imagine? Come in with gold gold change, like uh, like Homer laughing with the king at the end with all the jewels of his crown. Brilliant. Oh, super. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll, right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> let's let's move on. Um. So you 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 mentioned him, and uh, he is an absolute pleasure to watch at this moment in time. And I thought actually he had his best game since his return from injury uh, at Chelsea. He was a menace. And even though he ended up with one assist, I think, on the day, he pretty much was the catalyst for three of the goals and could have scored two himself in Pedro Neto. Of course, yourself, based around London, you will know the big clubs and the big clubs will be after him, I'm sure, this summer. Linked with Mm. Arsenal, obviously done this against Chelsea, but I think there'll be a whole array of top four, top five clubs that will be looking for, especially a special talent who's still young, who's still progressing, who's still getting better, but also someone who realistically is going to be available for transfer in the summer, I think. Um, what what does that performance do? Does it do too much to his to his value? Or because it's on a world stage, like, no offence, but if Pedro Neto does that against Brentford on Saturday, then maybe it doesn't get talked about as much as when it's been beamed all around the world against Chelsea. Um, can one individual performance, if he continues to do that, put put on 10, 15 million pounds onto a, a potential transfer fee? And what do you think his fee would be that Wolves would accept going into the summer if he continues and finishes the season like he's playing at this moment in time? All good questions. Yeah. Mm. Um, I feel like he's been on everyone's radar for quite a few years, to be honest. And a performance against sort of Chelsea and Man United won't won't change people's minds. People know how good he is. Um, The only concern from their point of view will be, you know, his injury record because it was a long period out. It was a real long period. You know, he did the, did his kneecap. Yeah. Didn't he? And then, uh, which was like 10 months, I think. And then was it ankle issues when he came back? Last time, yeah. Issues with rehab and last season, you know, sort of feeling his way back in. No goals, no assists last season at all. So that was sort of 
oh, it's been sort of two, three years really since mm. he had that golden spell in in the pandemic season when he was when he was by far and away in 2021 when he was by far and away uh, Wolves' best player in an in an awful attacking team he was by far he was carrying them basically yeah he was so I think he's really he was really on everyone's radar from that point and if you remember he would have gone to the Euros that summer um, but that's when he did his kneecap. Uh, he was in the Portugal squad. He was absolutely flying. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel pretty strongly he would have gone that summer or the next summer if he hadn't got his injury. So it's only a matter of time, basically, in my opinion. It's It, it feels like to me, I mean, I, I've noticed a, a change in his attitude. And this is from afar and it's visual, but it's mm-hmm. there. You can see it. It's very obvious. It's very tetchy. And uh, he moans a lot more than he used to. And, yeah. you know, he was, he was, when I was sort of reporting on Morse, he was very happy-go-lucky. And I remember just... you doing, a, doing an interview with him, didn't you? Um, and oh, he was... mate, he was so good. He was amazing. He was he was such good value. He was he's still had quite like a, this was just before his injury, mm. just before his kneecap, and sort of had that real sort of uh, childlike charm. I still live with his parents, I think, at the time. And yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's changed with him, but it, it just seems to be. He seems to be a little bit more tetchy. This reminds me of when Gibbs White was sort of on on his way out. And mm-hmm. I do. Th- th- this is only sort of minor things, but it's just it's just what you pick up. Obviously, his performances yeah. are incredible. He loves Wolverhampton Wanderers. He loves playing for them. He loves the supporters, and he's grateful for uh, what the club has given him. But it does feel like it's coming to that position. Certainly with Wolves and their financial position. That they're going to have to sell someone this summer if they want to generate um, funds into the squad to get the players that Gary O'Neill wants, and the most obvious candidate is Pedro Neto. In mm. terms of his valuation, I mean, you're looking at at least north of sixty million for me. Yeah. In terms of how good he is, but clubs will be put off by his injury record, and they'll want assurances that he's completely fit and injury free now, and he's not going to suffer any reoccurrences of the injuries that he's that he's had in the past few years. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I Nathan? just wonder- I mean, I know I, I agree. I mean, I said I said fifty-five to sixty last week, um, and I guess it shouldn't change my opinion too much after that Chelsea game. But I'm starting to think that, like, when you look at, I know it's completely different positions, but you look at, you know, Casado and mm. and Fernandez costing yeah. you know two hundred and twenty odd million between them, and then you know, not in the same position, of course, like I said, but you know, Lamina and Jao Gomez who are eight ten million pounds each. It's just insane value for money, and like you say, individuals versus team. You put it perfectly. I just wonder if, if if teams and clubs are still going to spend that kind of money, whether you're going to be looking towards maybe a seven in front of that, especially if there's a bidding war, let's say. There's two sides that are very interested. Wolves are in a great position. Pedro Neto will want to go. He'll want to progress. I think he'll be ready to go this summer. I think that's. I think everybody understands that. It's almost like the Ruben Neves situation. Yeah. But yeah. you've got you've got someone who's younger, who's got lot longer on his contract, who you're going to get absolutely top dollar for. I mean, they got top dollar for Neves, but through different means. Um, I think you might see if he finishes like he's playing at this moment and Wolves do get into Europe or, you know, he scores another five goals and five assists or more between now and the end of the season. I think you could see could see a seven with his name. Maybe. Yeah, potentially. What is it? Ten assists in 14. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he replicates that over the rest of the season, he'll be sort of heading towards 20 assists, yeah. which would be like almost Premier League record type yeah, yeah. levels. And, and, then, and, that's, then and that's, think- been, that's been out for 12, nearly 12 weeks. You and know? that's the kind of thing that really pushes up a value. If if he's doing if he's doing incredible things by Premier League standards, then that that will really start to push up the value. Yeah. Um, I guess the one thing you might say is that obviously the market has been um, so dour this January for a lot of reasons. It remains to be seen how 
much that picks up in the summer. I think mm-hmm. we're all expecting Saudi Arabia to go again, as it were, and um, uh, spend an awful lot of money, which should sort of, you know, reboost the market. And I think there are essentially new FFP rules coming in this summer, which has sort of been discussed and decided quite soon. So that's a factor as well in terms of, you know, a club's going to rein in the spending over the past few years. Um, probably not, let's be honest. I'm sure they'll find a way. Sure. Um, and yeah, I think 60, 70 million for sure. It'd be a sad day when he goes because... Um, but his, his potential is enormous, mate. I remember thinking when Jota left that Neto mm. had a higher ceiling than than Jota at that time. And obviously, look at what Jota's done. It's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. But I think I think Neto has still, has still got a higher ceiling. And without the injuries, he'd, he'd be there already. You know. Very well said. Right. Okay. We are going on to another segment. Some would say it's a new segment. Some would say it's an old segment. But what segment is it, Tim Spears? <laughs> is it... The return of one of your favourites, hit, miss, or meh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, please, no. Hey, some things have improved. Some things haven't. Is it? Is it the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is not the same at all as hit, miss, or meh? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it? Where are we massive in? Tim Spears, where no, are we massive that, in? You haven't done your research for that. I don't no, think I haven't done my research that for that. No, there's too much, too much research. Um, for anyone who used to listen, we used to um, go over where we listen to in the world uh, each week. And we found a good friend. Uh, oh, this, from the, yeah. the Island Islands. The um, Islands, yeah. used to write in every week to us. And we had a Tommy. bit of a running joke. Tommy, Tommy, of course. And we had a bit of a running joke um, as the weeks went on that the Island Islands were a very obscure place to be, that they weren't, maybe wasn't getting updated information. And we kind of had a yeah, few jokes. Yeah, we say about things it. like, you know, they're just getting dial up modems or fax machines or, yeah. or, 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 or Dirty Den's just been shot on, on the. On the <laughs> Scott and Charlene have just got married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, he stopped. He stopped talking to us. So um, I don't know what happened. Do you remember remember when we met him? Do you remember he came in? Oh, he he did. Yeah, the bearded guy. Because he visited. uh, Of course, he he did. Tommy. No, I didn't forget that. He visited. He visited Wolves for a game, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll I'll pop in and and do the pod." So he came into the Express Star uh, HQ. He was. He uh, he was a lovely, lovely guy. He looked like. If anyone watched Gold Rush, I've watched a bit of Gold Rush before. The bearded guy, the bearded South African guy. Um, quite scary looking, but a lovely guy. But again, like I say, didn't speak to us after that at all. This is um, very niche. This is sort of Kenny Jack. This is niche. What Walter Zenger type era? Alan Islands were in like Scandinavia, I think, like in between. I think Sweden so. Yeah, I never got the invite to be honest. And I don't think we, if we did, we would have already got out of that island either. Um, and he's probably just on episode. <laughs> he's probably just on episode thirty-six at the moment. Anyway, hey. not, not three hundred odds. So there we go. Uh, no, the um, the it, this is the return. This segment of and Tim, you might be able to help me out with this. Um, you might have forgotten about it, but. Hopefully haven't. I haven't said it for a long time. It's the return of Abuse of the Week. (laughs) Here we go. Abuse Abuse of of the the Week. week. Abuse of the... Can you do it? Week. Abuse of the Week. It has returned by popular demand. Um, So... I've been looking at some social media stuff, and I've actually okay. got a couple of abuse of the weeks from myself. Um, and then I might have a couple from you, Tim Spears. So um, I shall I shall go back to um, the – we're going to go to the West Brom game, the West Bromwich Albion Black Country Derby game, and a tweet from uh, a journalist, in inverted commas, called Nathan Judah, who said, 
The Wolves fans behind the goal were magnificent today. A credit to the club. That's, yeah, they're very nice. What, very how, nice. How did anyone take, you know, take issue with that? That's exactly. Uh, Mark, by the way, um, who is our beautiful producer um, in Scotland, uh, this might be a period where you may or may want to cut this out. Um, so I'm just giving you a forewarning. Uh, this is a segment for people who don't know. Uh, we'll re- read out um, Twitter um, quips or replies to myself and Tim, uh, who um, maybe maybe the slightly slightly nasty, slightly worrying, and uh, we throw it back in their faces and make a joke of them. Well, it was, uh, cath- it was, it was cathartic and, you know... It was uh, good. Yeah, because, yeah, we were both getting to stick quite organically... Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, this wasn't forced. This was yeah, we weren't requesting it. Do you remember that? Do you remember that person who um, emailed put put the address of the editor's secretary yes. on the website and said, uh, "I can't remember if it was me or you. Maybe it was me." Tim, Tim needs to be fired. Basically, no, it was both of us. It was both, it was both of us. After a trip to Sheffield United, I think it was or something like that. Was it was it? a random trip on a midweek, and they were like disgraceful. Was it a guy called Ted? Um, oh, maybe d- yeah. Disgraceful coverage, and if everybody emails the editor secretary, maybe we can get these these boys sacked. Yeah, yeah. Petition. Wanted a petition of of getting people sacked, getting me and you sacked, taken out of there. That was the kind of level we we're at. So anyway, so yeah, for people who weren't who weren't listening at the time, mm. we sort of flipped it round, and we were like, right, abuse of the week. Let's make it funny. Let's read out the funniest ones. Of yes. course, that encouraged a huge pile on because people wanted <laughs> to have their tweet read out on the show. So it added <laughs> further abuse to the bonfire, basically. But it was all it was all good fun. And if you remember, we stuck up the funniest ones on the wall. We did uh, for the live the show, podcast live. Uh, so we also made a mug of them, a mug of the ones that you and these were all yeah, properly course, sent yeah. to you. These weren't, these weren't, you know, um, you know, things that were people were just making up. These, these were genuine comments, and you know, you you got your fair fair amount of stick to be fair. So you know, yeah, fair yeah. The, play. The, the, the the best one being from from a Newcastle fan, which is certainly very organic, who said, mm. uh, "Tim, I, I hope your next poo is a hedgehog." Yes, um, which was my. Uh, <laughs> It's my personal favourite. Spiky, spiky. Well, there's some good ones here. So uh, here we go. So yes, I. This is from the West Brom game. I said the Wolves fans were superb behind the goal. Uh, here we go. So um, reply to me from Ross at, at Unrefined Brom, who says Nathan here still suckling on his mum's breast. Weird breed, this lot. Delusional and weird. <laughs> okay, not heard, not heard that one before. That's, okay. uh, that's pretty good. Ben OC at Ben WBA5 says, Nathan, who still has the haircut of me in year five, effing sex case. <laughs> I mean, went, that went from nowhere. It was like, haircut, haircut bands, and all of a sudden, you know, criminal investigation. Yeah. Oh, it's, all, it's all related, mate. It's all related. Escalated quickly. So, yeah, there's a couple of good ones for me. And there were, there were, there were other ones and, and one-worders, one but I thought those were two of my favourites. Um, let's go to Tim Spears. I obviously haven't done Wolves for a while, Tim, so it's difficult to kind of find um, some abuse for you. But I didn't have to look too oh, far yeah, yeah, in my... In my um, um, history research yesterday. So I saw a tweet from Tim Spears. Now, Tim, this was this was a while ago now, um, and you might remember this tweet. I'll read it out uh, in its full. Tim Spears. Ellen Road, an emotional place at the best of times, but yesterday was quite something. Apathy, humour, sadness and anger. Fine, no problem with that. Second line. The Premier League won't miss Leeds. <laughs> Dot, dot, dot. And you suspect many Leeds fans won't miss the Premier League. It's been anything but fun. So there were 130 comments to this, Tim. Yeah. Of which I went to read them. 
I don't even remember the tweet. No, I do, I do, I do. And I was trying to make the point that it's because their their football was so rubbish. Right. They were having a horrible season. That was the point I was trying to make. Mm. It didn't come across, didn't come across very well. It sounds sounds awful now, now that I hear it back. Yeah. Well, there was, we haven't deleted it. And also, um, there are 130 comments. And when I go to read the comments, I could only see six. And that's because the six and then there's that <laughs> box saying, do you want to read uh, <laughs> Which means there are only six legitimate comments before yeah. we go on to the abuse. Well, this so, Leeds fans are um, a pretty reasonable bunch, you know. Nice, yeah, normal they do. People, they do. You know. So here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through them before we get into questions from the peeps. Um, Matt SUV, JT1919 in Super Leeds all said the same thing. And that was two emojis, one of a bell and the second one with the arrow saying end. Yeah, so no, they've yeah, gone. Classic. They've gone. Yeah. They've gone very emoji based there. Ash says, "Tired of muting your account, but your drivel still pops up on my timeline. Do me the greatest of gestures and block me." Okay. Yeah. Quite good. Quite good. Uh, Paul Mundy says, and Phil Hay is the Leeds Athletic reporter. Um, yeah. He says, Paul Mundy says, Phil Hay, knock this prick out. <laughs> <laughs> Truth, truthful Trevor. He's true. Apparently, he speaks the truth. Just, just, just old Trev says, "I've never heard of a Tim Spears." Uh, tell him to go and f himself. Says, nice. says truthful yeah. Trev. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, rocking John, rocking Joanne says, "Dim Tim, talking out his," and then an emoji of a J- the Japan flag. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. No, no. Oh, and it took yep. me a while to work that one out, but I was like, oh, yeah, oh, bit of, bit of okay, imagination, okay, okay. yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron, one true chef. So, I hope it wasn't the guy who cooked for us. Uh, Tommy used to, we had a lovely restaurant <laughs> in, in London, didn't we? I think Tommy um, Trubshaw, yeah, yeah, Tommy Trubshaw, yeah, nice there you go. Guy. All the names coming out. One true chef says, Are you on drugs? You see you next Tuesday, nice. And my favorite of all, Charles Gregg says, My nan is a better journalist than you. And she died six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's oh, that was abuse of the week. It was abuse of the week. Abuse of the week. Right. Okay. Uh, Tim Spears, we've got some questions from you. All 100. If we spend five minutes on each question, uh, we'll be here till four in the afternoon. So I'm going to okay, have to pick yeah. a few. Yeah, okay, we'll ready? Through, through. Uh, right, okay, let me have a look. I haven't really screened these, to be fair. Uh, first of all, uh, Gareth Finchett says, does Huang Hee-chan walk back into the starting lineup? Who is out? Because obviously uh, Huang Hee-chan away with the Asian Cup. Um, he got knocked out by Jordan on Tuesday, probably back for Saturday. <laughs> she's, she can certainly pack a punch. Got knocked out by Jordan. Uh, who, who does he? Who, who's out? Who's out for uh, for old Huang? Uh, I don't know. I was I, I was actually uh, reporting on South Korea v Jordan yesterday. One of the highlights <laughs> of my career. <laughs> actually, uh, no, no, no. Uh, it was it was an it was an incredible game. Actually, Asian Cup semi-finals. South Korea didn't have a shot on target, and Huang was sort of hauled off after sort of 60, 70 minutes. Mm. Him and Son were terrible. To be honest, the whole team were. And uh, so he's back, but after an intense few weeks and he sort of came back from injury at the start of the tournament, didn't he? Worked his way into the team and obviously a big, you know, well, from a Spurs point of view, they're not expecting Son to walk straight back into their team. Sure. Um, will Huang walk back into the team? I would say no. 
Mm. Considering what happened last weekend, considering the goal-scoring form the team are in, and considering the mental and physical exertions that Huang has had in the past few weeks, I would I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised. He's got to, he'll be on the bench, right? Surely. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think on the bench, to be fair, probably the same for for Son until I mean Son's captain, so they'll probably be back in the following week. But I would say bench is a good option, and then. 15, 20 minutes if they need it. Uh, MTRN says, want to know if Tim could please come back? And additionally, should the liquidator be played at all home match- matches? Uh, yeah, I, I've naturally always wanted the liquidator to come back. You know, I remember when, when it got ditched in like the early 2000s on police advice, I was gutted. Like it was, it was mm. my anthem growing up. Um, but I don't know, having been to the game last weekend, it sort of feels like, well, they can't do it and they won't do it. It yeah. would be, it would be, a, it would be terrible from a sort of a PR point of view. You know, the game was stopped for half an hour. There were six arrests. People had to go to hospital, and to bring back a song that explicitly states states how much they hate West Brom. I'd be amazed mm-hmm. if they brought it back, which is such a shame. They shouldn't have banned it in the first place. It would have no. sort of naturally. Was that under Sir Jackman? Was it Sir Jack banned it? It was the police who Westminster police. Okay. A bandit saying that it sort of incited hatred and there was lots of violence around that time. So why did why did Albion get to to use it then? If that was the case, surely it's the same for both both teams. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a bit murky as to who people were trying to shift the blame on on on, on others around that time. Jez Moxie was mm. chief exec. Uh, it's a it's a good question to sort of get to the bottom of. You know, all these years later, people might speak a bit of truth about it. But some might say an athletic feature somewhere down the line. <laughs> Yeah, it's frustrating because you obviously you hear it at other grounds, you hear it at Chelsea, you hear it at Albion. Mm. So why not a Wolves? But it's it's not really very Foson to you yes. know they, what's that song they play at full time? Do they still play that uh, something in the world? I don't know. They play a load of WWE songs now. Is this, I mean they they definitely had a they had a bit of a revamp, I think, because it was getting really bad some of the music, and I think it's a lot better now. But um, I don't know. I'm outside the ground by then, w- waiting to speak to the peeps. I've got no idea what they play afterwards. Yeah. So no, I don't think so. Uh, but uh, to answer his other question, uh, no, I'm, mm. I'm not. I'm not coming back. Sorry. Okay. Aww. But I do miss it. I do miss it a lot. Do you I miss some I'll... of it? Do you miss? You miss a little bit of it, don't you? I knew I'd miss it. I, I knew mm. I'd miss it the day I, the day I moved on. But I'm going to sound like a footballer here. But you know, it was it was for my career. You know, to sort of broad, broaden my horizons, move down to London, and do some new things. But I, I, you know, I always knew that I'd miss it. It was, it was the job of my dreams, Nathan. How long were you, how long were you Wolves correspondent for? Seven years. Crikey. I always said I'd do it for five and then I did it for mm. seven. Did it for end. seven. Good yeah. times, good times, my friend. Great um OJ Bailey, will Gary O'Neill get a war chest in the summer, assuming certain players get sold on for a higher value? I mean, we talked about Neto, but you've got to think they want to get obviously Johnny's off the books now. You think that Sasha Kalajic, Fabio Silva are probably coming to the end of their Wolves careers if they can get money for them. You've still got Daniel Pedence, um, Gonzalo Guedes to, to, to name but a few. Um, and I, I assume they're not going to spend all this money straight away, but you think they're going to have a decent whack, aren't they? Especially if, if Neto does go. I would have thought so, but you know what concerns me. What concerns me more than sort of anything long term is how the goalposts have been changed in the past sure. two two transfer windows. Now, mm-hmm. you know, Gary Neil mentioned in January how the picture had changed from one week to the next. So what's so in terms of how much? Yeah, they can they'll sell players and they have the. Premier League bonanza every summer as usual, but how much of that they get to spend? It's difficult to call, really. Mm. If if the head coach is saying the goalposts are changing one week to the next, then it's pretty hard for us to predict. So it, it, it does concern me that things are great right now, but 
you know, things like the stadium perennially on hold and looking like there's going to be nothing done there. Things like grasshoppers just finishing. Mm. Things like, you know, I, I applaud them for trying new things with the esports and the fashion labels, but, you know, you don't hear much about that anymore. Sure. What 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 do folks want? How much money they're going to invest? What's the, what's their ambition? What's their plan? Are they looking to make Wolves a, a top six club and team? I don't see it anymore. That, that it's, it's it's you know it's a concern for me, and that all factors into how much money they have to spend. So I, I I don't know, mate. Things like that do worry me. Mm. Um, Simon Law says, when Wolves beat Spurs at Molyneux earlier this season, did Tim leap up and celebrate, or did he try and look cool and preserve his image with his new friends? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good question. Uh, I was watching it at home actually. No, I, yeah, I was, I was, I was big into that. I, I did, I did really enjoy that. I'm, I'm no, I, you know, there's things to like about Spurs, but I'm no Spurs fan, of course. No, I choose just a job. I love that. Come Steve, on, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got attached to them a little bit. Amazing stadium and some lovely people. Oh, and the, and the buffet. You're getting there every other week. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. And the, the training best food ground, in the Premier League. Um, training grounds better than a lot of. A lot of stadiums I've been to, to be honest. It's, really? Um, Very good. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, bet one of the best in the country for sure. Uh who finishes high next season, Wolves, or Tim's new favourite, Spurs? <laughs> uh oh, Spurs, definitely Spurs are going places like Postacoglu's a bit special. Mm. And uh they've got some really good young players. I think they'll be I think they'll be top four for the next two, three years if he if, really? if, he, if he stays. I do think so, yeah. Yeah, they're on they're on to a winner there. He's he's great. Uh, Stu says, do they check bags for fish when you walk through the doors of the Athletic HQ? Another <laughs> retro comment. Very retro. What uh, was that? Pre-season in Austria or Switzerland? Uh, I'm going to say was Switzerland. And it was, yes, you, um, you, I left my tweet deck open at the time, of which you yeah, were tweeting. and didn't realise yeah. for, for quite a long time. Very, yeah. very much at the start of the trip. Something about my looks or my... my I uh, tweeted from your account that, um, that uh, you, you were bemoaning uh, the end of your modelling career. You were like, oh, I'm, I'm 40, I'm over the hill now. Like, Will, will my modelling career ever pick up? <laughs> and tweeted it and people replied thinking that you've been serious which yes says they did more, which was which quite was, a lot about you to be honest but it does yeah. it does so um in retaliation i chose violence and uh, <laughs> when we were packing to uh to fly back to to england i opened up a can a pack of smoked salmon um and took it out the the foil wrap and put it all over your your uh, clothes jeans. it's my jeans um, predominantly jeans because I, I, man, I managed to say i'll take you i'll take your case to the car and you're like oh it's really nice yeah I, yeah yeah I, yeah and I, I really should have twigged at that point because you're not normally that kind especially when no. it comes to like manual labor like stuff that no. you normally just get people to do for you like exactly no one paid them to do it yeah yeah so you were getting me to yeah you volunteered to take my cases to the car then you then took pictures of yourself doing the deed um, and then i think you tweeted them when we left each other at the airport back in england I, I tweeted. No, I tweeted. I think your battery had gone. I tweeted as soon as you put the the suitcase on the belt and it went off. Okay, and then I right, tweeted. Yeah. So there was no coming back from that. Your phone. You hadn't seen it until you, we got back to England and that's, you're on the train. Right. That's right. And uh, yeah, and then I'm sure when you opened it up with the heat and the salmon, etc. Not. And I didn't even realize at the time that you can't really take fish back with you as well. So you could have got arrested. <laughs> so just thank your lucky stars that you know you just got a little bit of a, uh, of a whiff when you opened up. 
Yeah, it was. It was. I can still remember the smell. Now it was horrific. I literally, I literally just. It was. It was only in my jeans. Really, I, I, I picked my jeans up and just threw them straight in the bin, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> oh dear, superb. Uh, Vicky Lawton, um, glad, so glad, and some lovely comments as well, Tim. I'm sure you can read through them. I'm sure when you get when you get a chance. But so glad you boys are back together. How do you rate this Wolves team compared to the prime Nuno days? Yeah, I've, I've, I read all the comments actually. There's some really nice ones. So, so thank you very much. Uh, it means a lot. Um, and good question. I mean, it's very, it's very different, really. I don't know. I'm very nostalgic for that era, I've got to say. Mm. Um, I'm not sure anything will ever beat it in my mind, True. to be honest. I don't know how you feel. No, I, I, I agree. There, there was a special connection there, wasn't there? I mean, look, still could come. You don't know at the same time. I think that there's the the makings of something special, but I think it's different special under Gary O'Neill. And like you say, I do agree with you that four or five defeats, and then all of a sudden this could change very quickly, where there was a... Um, there was a movement. When it was, it was a movement, yeah. wasn't it? It was, it was a cult. It was um, pretty special, yeah. The, the the cult of Nuno. It was yes. remarkable, and all the songs they had about him. And yeah, it's it's never it's never quite the same second time around. You know, when you fall in love the second time, it's it's never it's never quite as good as the first one. No, no. <laughs> I could have said something there, but I won't. I'll refrain. Yeah. We we you, you know your wife might be listening, so you you've got to be. <laughs> You got to be gonna careful. Say, I was going to say more. Um, I was, I was going to. I was thinking more towards Liam, to be honest. But it's fine. right, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, nothing will beat those days. But I, I, I am so impressed with what's happening, and um, really enjoying uh, watching it from afar. Particularly Neto and Cunha, they, they're great to watch. Uh, important question from Andy Kozari: uh, What's your favourite cheese? I. <laughs> I really like uh, M&S. Do this like uh, balsamic. M&S. I know you've changed. M&S. Crikey. It's astonishing. London prices. Unbelievable. No Aldi. No Lidl anymore. Do you know what? That Yeah. London prices. Oh my God. You know I like my wine, but you, you, know, you, like get, wine. you go to any bar or pub around here and you're paying like like £10 for a glass. It's insanity. Wine. And like it's £10 for a bottle back home. Mm. Like maximum really mm. favorite cheese oh they do this balsamic onion um cheddar really crunchy and tangy and uh, uh juicy yeah Ooh. lovely oh. yeah that's my f- <laughs> oh. favorite cheese yeah um oh we got one from an old, an old favorite duffman thomas duffy duffman duffman he says uh would tim i don't know if you if you saw this as well is um in the summer I was going to Viva Las Vegas, and I said to Liam that I would sort out a hotel room for him if he decided to come. He turned it down in the end after after much debate uh, because yeah. he's been waiting for his house, which he's been waiting to move in for for the last two and a half years, and is still in the uh, the closet um, of his sister's in, in his back bedroom at this moment in time. So he's still not there. Could have gone it basically bottled the trip. So would right. Tim have turned down a trip to Las Vegas like Liam did? Says Duffman. Christ, no! I was. Uh, it's, it's, I've never been. It's an ambition of mine to go. I'd oh, also. Like, I'd like to go with you and do it properly because you're oh, you're an, you're an expert in, in in many things uh, that you've told the me underworld. about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think when Wolves were mooted to go to America in 2020, do you remember? For the pandemic, yeah. the pan- when before the pandemic hit, and I'm sure we'd have probably gone that summer. We'd have taken a few days off to go, even if they weren't anywhere near. So Nailed yeah. It's uh, it's it's an ambition of mine to go specifically with you at some point. Amazing. I'm um, going to have the last one here, very quick. Uh, last one, Graham J. 
Is Tim missing the Wolves? Yeah, I, I do miss it. I do miss it. It was lovely to be at West Brom. <laughs> uh, God, I've never said that before. It was lovely to be at West Brom and and see everybody again um, a couple of weeks ago. You know, to see, obviously, yourself and Liam and journalists who people know, like uh, John Percy or Tim Nash was there, Matt Mayer, Graham Bryce, you know, all the old folks. Then the Wolves media team and Dave Edwards was there. Andy Thompson was there. Mm. Um I didn't see Mikey Burroughs, but I'm sure he was there, and I also miss him. And um, yeah, I've, yeah, of course, of course, I do miss it. It was, um, it was, it was the best of times, Nathan. The best of times, amazing. The very best of times. It was. Uh, I'd love, love to do it all again, but nothing will ever beat that. Do you know? We, we got so lucky. True. With, true. Um, obviously, you're still doing it, but with the run that we went on, right? Wolves' best period for decades. Yeah. And to go from middle of the championship, awful guff to <laughs> seventh in the Premier League twice and Europa League quarterfinals. Like the, the journey that we went on, the Europa League run, it was it was amazing. I, and I loved it and I gave it I gave it everything. You know what I was like? You did. I was like you did. I was like twenty four hours a day, seven days mm-hmm. a week. Non stop. Um it was amazing. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd love to do it all again. Good days. But like you say, once never beats never beats that first time. And and I I genuinely think out those top two leagues, from a journey point of view, there wasn't one other club that had a better journey than Wolves. It was if you had to handpick mm-hmm. a club to cover from, from like you say, where they were and the guff that was playing, and they were watching every single week to to the takeover, to to back to back sevens promotion, you know, winning the championship, the everything around it, the European tours, the the pre seasons. I don't think I don't think there was one club if you had to handpick that was a that was a better journey than doing Wolves at that time. Wolves were one of the one of the stories of European football for those for those few years. Not just English football, you know. That's mm. how that's how big they were, and it's 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 remarkable how sort of things conspire. And you know, the pandemic really, really ended it. To be honest, yeah. Because once football started again, obviously there were no fans. Once fans came back, you know, Nuno had gone, and some of the players had gone. And that that I remember writing about it at the time how that moment spurs away. 3-2, Jimenez. Mm. Um, it wasn't quite the last game. I think they had a nil-nil against Brighton the week later, which, we, you know, not quite as memorable. But that's no. but it's, it's sort of frozen in time, really. That moment yeah. and how it felt with Nuno, with the fans. They were going for Champions League at that time. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Well, and they're in the European uh, Europa League knockout stages. So the, for the pandemic to hit, and then when everyone came back, Nuno had gone. Jimenez had, Jimenez had fractured his skull. Mm-hmm. you know, during that time. So when, when things started up again, it was all gone, really. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was, it was an incredible moment. Obviously, the, yeah, the European run being the highlight, really. Um, in fact, I'm going to quiz you now. I know we're, we're overrunning oh, already. Can you, can, you, can you tell me oh. the away days in order from that oh. European run? I was writing them down this morning. And I was like, and it's tough. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him, can he remember? Okay, goodness me, that's that's hard. Good quiz though. Good quiz. So we start with the qualifiers. In Cor- Corinthians away. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're going to Brazil away. <laughs> oh, not Corinthians. <laughs> and the team in the Northern Ireland, Belfast. Then begin with the Crusaders. <laughs> it's not a great start. <laughs> it's not a great start. But I've got the C. Ah. Oh. <laughs> oh god um oh then there was that place yeah. we went to that Crusaders. Was, that was... where was that for the benefit of the, the listeners belfast northern belfast, ireland yeah. yeah i went on a, i went on a lord of the rings slash game of thrones tour yeah. um 
And then <laughs> one the week with, with six days' notice, where did we go next? Oh. Wasn't it via Istanbul? Was it in the middle of nowhere? We went via Istanbul. No, we went via Georgia, I think, to get there. Georgia. But on the way back, it was Istanbul. On the way it back, was it was weird. Istanbul. Yeah, it was kind of a... We did a podcast at Istanbul Airport. Give me, give me, the, give me, it's two names. Give me the, give me the second name of it. Is well, it, name is it P- Punic? Punic? FC Punic. He's done it. Which is in what city? Oh, no idea, mate. No and what idea. country? No idea. <laughs> Serbia? <laughs> Do you not remember, really? I'd, um, no. No. Armenia. 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 Of course, must have been Armenia. Yerevan. Oh. Yeah, that was a good, oh yeah, because we had that, that hotel. Oh, I could go on forever and ever. Remember that hotel we stayed at? Yeah, I do. I do. Remember, yeah, I do remember the hotel. I always remember living like a king, like I've never done before. Because the you get like a twenty minute taxi, be like two quid. And yes, like the food was like so. I remember like, this is amazing. Like, I should probably move here. Um, and yet, only forty seven or forty eight Wolves fans made the trip because you had six days notice because yes. they only qualified a week before, and the draw was made that night or something. And then um, uh, it was obviously unbelievably expensive to get out there. I'm amazed Express and Star paid for us, actually. It was like, it was very, very expensive. That was top draw from them, to be fair. Yeah, but uh, yeah, amazing to be there. I remember uh, they played um, uh, System of a Down when the teams came out, like heavy metal, because they're like uh, of Armenian origin, which is quite the... um, Quite the sound. Anyway, don't look up on Google. I can see you, I can see you tapping away on your computer. No, 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 I'm but not. When, I'm getting to Kevin uh, Toasterman, to be honest. But that's okay, fine. sorry. Well, sorry. so where? So keep going. Come on, come on. Where where we go next? Third oh, qualifier. Third qualifier. Oh. Turin was it? Turin, Torino. Um, yeah, Torino. Good trip that as well. By the way, very Fantastic good trip. trip. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then into the into the group stages. Oh, Olympiakos. No, absolutely not. You no, you no. That was uh, that was um, last sixteen. Oh, okay, bugger. Um, no, go on. Sevilla, mate. Honestly, you, you joking? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. One second. Sevilla, Germany, played, Germany, played, Germany. No, played Sevilla in Germany. So we, go, we went to Germany. Went to Germany. Definitely went yeah, to Germany. That's quarterfinals, mate. You're going. You're oh. going far, far too ahead here. Okay. Okay. No, no go on. Blimey, I've, I'm just shocked. Uh, well, I, I, I can't remember in chronological order. You can't remember anything here by the sound of it. We're going to Brazil. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, in the group stages was uh, yeah. Besiktas. In, oh, Besiktas, in, of course. Istanbul. Well, that's because you weren't with me. That's because you weren't with me. I was that with Rosie you. was there with me that day. You, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You moved on by I then. I moved to the Athletic, but I, I, was still, I was still there with you. Swords and then was there. Uh, Slovan Bratislava. Which yes. where Wolves fans went. Well, it's supposed to be an empty stadium, if you remember. And then they gave tickets to kids for free. I so do remember that. Yes, it's supposed to be an empty stadium for. Oh, I can't remember what it was now. I'm not going to defame them. And then um, uh, they gave tickets for free, and they had the biggest attendance of the season. In Joe stadium. Edwards was there for that one. And then and then where it poured down, poured down. Bra- Braga, Braga, Braga. Yeah, for, so for no, Noah's Ark. And then it was. Mm. Um, Espanyol in Barcelona, which in was a, one of the that was a fun trip. Yeah, fun trip. Terrible game because they already won four in the first leg. Yeah. Then Olympiacos in an empty stadium as COVID was just hitting. I went on a running tour in the morning of that of, of that game, and you didn't want to come on it round the uh, Espa, Espanyol. Didn't fancy I remember, it. Yeah, I remember it that. Like no, si- I didn't fancy- si- no, no, no. No, I did, did a little walking tour so, shortly afterwards. Um, Saw Joe Edwards in McDonald's there 
in, in, in the middle of the centre. <laughs> no, you can see it. Joe Edwards in any McDonald's in any city. Horrendous. Horrendous. Any any European city, Joe Edwards will be in the McDonald's. Um, and then, yeah, so went to Olympiacos yeah, when the pandemic, the week the pandemic was hitting, if you remember. Yes. I remember as we were, as we boarded our plane back, football was sort of cancelled. And um, and then the quarterfinal against Sevilla in Duisburg, yes. Germany. Um, Terrible from you, I've got to say. Well, I, I started well, but then you know when you it leave did, the company, oh, well, you, you leave the Crystal Star. Uh, it's all it's all a wash. Then do you know what I mean. I don't want to know anymore. So I did quite well, <laughs> apart from you know saying it was Corinthians instead of Crusaders. But at the same time, oh Northern Ireland, that was a good night. I was well, by the way. Yeah, we had a music on the night. Yeah. Mm. Playing the yeah, fiddle, strumming strumming along. <laughs> right, we better move. Better move on. Uh, right, Brentford Saturday. Oh, Kettle and Toasterman, our sponsors. Kettle and Toasterman, you haven't done one of these. Kettleandtoastman.co.uk, our beautiful sponsors. Uh, a wide range of graded product specialists. Um, Tim Spears, do you have you ever owned or would you like to use an air fryer? Uh, yeah, both. I've never owned one, but I've used one extensively. Oh, they're, they're great. Superb. Um, how much do you think for a Salter Compact hot air fryer? How much? How much yes. would I pay? Yes. How much would I pay? Uh, I don't know, like 20 quid? Oh, well, it's 25 quid. Now you've killed me now. <laughs> I don't know. You put me on the spot there. <laughs> right, Keith. <laughs> should have rehearsed this, really. Normally, Kino goes 75, 65 quid. I say less, <laughs> less, less. Yeah, should have rehearsed this with, for the sponsor. Uh, it's way, it's way, more, way more than you'd expect. It's 25 quid. <laughs> thanks for that right Brentford on Saturday um, fourth time playing Brentford in a couple of months blooming hell um, of course uh, stronger now with uh, with Tony back and, and Wolves mm. got Huang Yi Chan back Tim did, you know you said about Brentford you said about maybe some disappointing results against them and they should have done maybe a little bit better but do Wolves if they are going to let's say attack that top seven do they need to to win these games Brentford at home yeah, yeah, of course they do. It was more, yeah, it was more the disappointing performance in the in the FA Cup game, uh, the replay, third round replay, where they didn't play that good. But obviously the away game at Brentford, they were superb. Brentford have improved, I think, and been inspired by Ivan Tony's return. I watched them against Spurs last week, and they probably sh- could and should have beaten Spurs that night. They certainly had them on the on the rack. Uh, for a decent proportion of that game. Tony and Morpé are a massive handful up front, mm. both very different players and handfuls for very different reasons. But um, set pieces are their biggest strength. They're fantastic on attacking set pieces. And as we know, Nathan, and this goes back many years now, yes, they do whatever it takes to win. And they are nasty, really. They, they, nasty. They, they take it a bit too far sometimes. They really, they really push the boundaries of what's acceptable. I would mm-hmm. say, in terms of, I mean, diving. I saw Nathan Collins, Collins horrendous dive yeah. uh, against Spurs last week. He was barely touched. and he, a, a real, you know, a defender's dive, but he was really mm-hmm. going for it. Um, Time-wasting a lot of, again, as we know, we've seen that against Wolves many times, in the referee's ear constantly. Morpé is the, is the king of this. Oh, you know? yeah. They're all, they're all, but they all do it. They're all wind-up merchants. You know, against mm-hmm. Spurs, they did the whole, the Madison. Plus, he's the manager to a certain extent as well, you know. Mate, a hundred percent. I mean, after that game, you know, he he didn't um, he didn't criticize Morpé or any of his players for their actions. You know, he he it's definitely part of their team talk, yeah, and definitely part of their strategy because hundred percent. They're well schooled in it, and yeah, I did, did you see the Morpé darts celebration. 
Yes, to Madison. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it really wound Spurs up, actually. Mm-hmm. And the players were pretty infuriated by it for some reason. But anyway, they used it as motivation. So, yeah, you know you're going to get that. And um, they're a little, they're slightly revitalised now that Tony's back. So, they'll be more of a handful than they were uh, a few weeks ago. So, Wolves, Wolves will need to be careful. So, um, team-wise, you, I mean, I, I would expect that they'll be, as as was against Chelsea, it's very difficult to to change that team, right? I know that, I, Yeah, you know... Tommy Doyle was a bit unlucky because he'd been doing very well, but Joao Gomez was super. Ryan Nori back in from the AFCON. Um, you know, Pablo Sarabia replacing Belagard. I mean, you can't drop any of these guys, even with Huang back. No, and I think Joao Gomez's extra physicality in midfield, which we saw really bear fruit against Chelsea on a number of occasions, including for the first goal, mm-hmm. um, that'll be important against Brentford. So it's great to have these options on the bench, Doyle, Belagard, Huang and others. But yeah, I can't see him... Can't see him saying changing the starting eleven at all, to be honest, unless there's been any issues in the week. During our uh, predictions, when you were uh, a member of the staff here, we've given away iPads, we've given away holidays. Yeah, um, I'm going to leave the floor to you to say what we're going to give away. Don't kill me because I've still got to go cap in hand to management. But uh, what would you like to give away for your prediction? Which we'll be going with your prediction, by the way, uh, uh, for one week only. So, what are we giving away prize wise, Mister Tim Spears? I mean, those air fries are pretty good. Do you want to? Uh, uh... Uh, <laughs> so hang whatever, on, no, whatever you think it's going to cost, add twenty percent on. Go on. So what's the deal here? What? Just name something. Just, just name a name a prize. Name a prize, and we'll we'll get it. That that's that's how much respect that you demand that we will get it for you. You you know, apart from if you don't don't go giving away a Barbados holiday for two weeks. Uh, okay, can I get something from the Wolf Shop? Yeah, you can get anything from the Wolf Shop. Anything you want, you can get a couple of items. A couple. Yeah, to do what you want. But- Budget's gone through the roof with these new owners you've got. Oh, we're charging um, subscriptions now. We're rolling in it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's the only I'm way not, to I'm do not. it. I'm only messing. Don't, don't. But I'm only messing. Uh, right, okay. Um, I'm just on the just on the website here. Oh, there's a good, oh, there's a good Nuno uh, print there by Louise Cobbold. It's a bit, it's a bit retro maybe. You want to get around yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a Pedence poster for £5. Oh, sale, I was going to say. Sale, sale, sale. Johnny in there. Johnny got one. Smashing uh, up a table tennis table. <laughs> <laughs> in anger. <laughs> little little waterwork, Louise Cobble. Oh, what an image that'd be. Uh, amazing. Is he gone now, is he? Johnny's gone. He's he? gone, mate. He's gone. He's gone, gone to Greece. I'm still paying some of his wages, topping them up, but he's he's gone. Only only Doc left second time round from that um the old uh Europa League exit. I mean, okay. take your time. I mean, I tell yeah, you, I'm not, I'm not oh, wow. Okay. So there's some amazing retro shirts. Here. It's 40 quid too much. No, no, no. You can spend 80 if you want. Really? Yeah. Amazing this budget. I know. You got any jobs going? <laughs> um, yeah, you can have mine. How about the 1980 League Cup final jacket? Oh, my God. That sounds sexy. It's really good. It's really, really good. It's quite, quite okay. nice. How much is it? How much is it? So I've got to 55, ask. 55 pounds. Oh, but 55 they, only do small, they only do small or medium. Oh, that's um, okay. That's fine. That's fine. No, we, no, we, we, we know our public. Um, okay. Uh, either that or the 1998 away shirt, the white and teal one. Well, let's give them the option. I'll give them the option. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they've got the option of the 1980, what is it? League Cup final jacket. League Cup final. Only small or medium on the website. Or, or. Or the nineteen ninety eight Wolves away top. Wolves away top, nineteen ninety eight. Right, okay. Yeah, classic. 
Uh, and I'll throw in the air fryer as well. So one of those, one of the either of those, and and, uh, and a twenty-five pound air fryer, not twenty pounds. Uh, I'll go first with a prediction, and then I will leave the floor to our beloved Mr. Tim Spears. I'm going to say that Wolves carry on with this excellent form that they are in. They score goals. I'm going to say it's Wolverhampton Wanderers two, Brentford one. That's good. I think that's mm. pretty good. Yeah. Do mm. you do goal scorers as well, or just numbers? No, we just do no. Just do scores. You didn't have to go goal scorers. Now it's just score. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, they're they're in a rich vein of goal scoring form. I yeah, I, I would say two nil. Two nil, okay. Wolves yeah. two. Tim Spears, Wolves two, Brentford nil. Well, we are one hour and twenty five minutes in approximately, and I've got to say, it's been a pleasure. It's like we have been recording for the last five years. It's very comfortable. It has been a long show, yeah. Um <laughs> it's <laughs> no, mate, it's been uh it's been amazing. It's been a pleasure. I can't believe it's been so long. Like I remember coming back for what was it, the two hundredth episode when we you did charity one, didn't you? Well, during COVID, pandemic. of course. Yeah, yeah. Me, you, and Joe. But other than that, uh, you haven't asked me on. So uh, it's been, it's been, it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, but you're right. It does. It does just feel like old times. I had. I, I did a thing recently where I went back and listened to some of our old podcasts, which is so oh, sad. Yeah. But I was just walking around. It walking around London, around some park somewhere and uh, skimming through some of the highlights. Good days. They still sound, still a good listen, you know, even though still it's Still a good like, listen. Not episode one, but we moved on from yeah, that. Yeah, the, the football's out of date, but the chat is not. The chat is, the chat is hot. And <laughs> uh, yes, it was, um, it's lovely to be back on, mate. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure, mate. I'm sure I'll see you very, very soon and potentially at a barbecue um, in the <laughs> summer. So you never, ever know. Mr. Tim Spears, I know you'll get plenty of comments and, and likes and um, some very nice people uh, who listen to this. But uh, appreciate it, mate. Appreciate having me on. And um, also, um, just store a bit of that cash for me as well. Those 50s that are everywhere. It's just, it's, it's embarrassing. Embarrassing. <laughs> it's absolutely good. stunning. Uh, take care, mate. From me, from Mr. Tim Spears. Fingers crossed. Three points on Saturday. And both of us take care. Bye bye. You better retreat because we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back.